Hey, it's the Baldy Bishops. Leon. Hello, Matt. How are you today, man? Yes. Yes, all is well with me today. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I had a good Bible study last night, didn't we? It was, it's a nice little problem that we've we've got at the moment where um, our house groups are getting too small to house in some ways. Too, too big to house? Or oh, yeah, yeah. too small to house r- r- the yeah. amount of people? Yeah, yeah, I said that backwards, didn't I? Yeah. 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 That's really nice, yeah. man. It's actually nice. Some, some people in the... Uh, in the main living room area and then people out in the hallway and <laughs> now all we need yeah. to make it like the book of acts is someone like hanging out of the window you know yeah, like um, falling out the window yeah, while i'm preaching yeah our <laughs> living room is on our second floor so that could be risky <laughs> yeah, <would> be <laughs> <laughs> well last night we um we got into this idea of, of comforting one another because we're, we're carrying on with this with a series of uh of one another's in the bible this gospel community theme and um it's actually astounding how many one another's there are in scripture mm. Um, to 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 not understand that this is a theme of the New Testament, man. To to be uh, most of the commandments of God are are relational to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bulk of the New Testament actually is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I I just love I love out of the Gospels flows this relational mm-hmm. thrust. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what would you say were are some observations? Because because we're in two Corinthians. Uh, now, what would you say are some observations from? I'm putting you on the spot from the one and others so far. Uh, the one and others are a sacrificial way that we are enabled by the Holy Spirit to positively and proactively love one another. Mm. That's taking some of your points from last. Yeah. <laughs> right. Did you like that? I was taking notes, man. Oh man, <laughs> people take notes when I talk. That's good, man. No, um, yeah, I, but. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it, that that God goes through such great lengths to try to iron out our wrinkles relationally. Yeah, we we think it's doctrinal. Like we keep saying this, like I've mastered theology and I can argue my points, therefore I'm mature. And God's totally saying the opposite. You know, mm. theology is important, but it should lead to this relational lifestyle. Yeah. So we, yeah. so the epistles are always here's gospel truth. Therefore, yeah. And the therefores are very often. Here's how to live in mm. in harmony with one another. Yeah, I, th- I think I think theology and, and right doctrine, especially gospel doctrine, mm. is supposed to lead us to maturity. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it is it's not, not maturity. our maturity. Yeah, it's good, man. It, it informs our maturity. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, two Corinthians, and it's interesting this one because um. There's, there's really only two passages we can come to. to uh, one actually says one another. The other one implies one another. And, um, yeah, God God has something good for us in this. Um, it's it's almost all of the one another's have to do with us bearing one another's burdens in some way, right? This confession, confessional burden-bearing side of um, relationships in the Bible, um, in relation to the church especially, um, is, is a big part of gospel community. But it's it's important for us to, to remember that there's there's a positive side of this mm. that the gospel is at the root of of all of this and therefore it should produce rejoicing and celebration in our hearts. Yeah, like these are beautiful commandments that lead to beautiful things. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. So um so we'll start with the first one in in two Corinthians one verses three and four. Mm. If you don't mind reading that, do you, do you have that? Yep. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ 
the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Mm -hmm. He comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Mm -hmm. And then 2 Corinthians 13, verses 11 and 12 say, Finally, brethren, farewell. Um, Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Mm. So obviously the first one in chapter one is more of an implied one another, as we said. Yeah. Um, but but whilst those words are not used, um, there's no question what God is trying to communicate here. Yeah. The principles sound forth loud and clear. Um, so we're, we're going to see that there are um, two things integral to the work of comforting one another. Um, obviously, the first one is comfort. Mm. <laughs> and that's obviously you can't comfort one another without comfort. Mm. Um, but also this this idea of, of peace, mm. this principle of peace. Um, but but let's uh, we'll begin with the former comfort. And um, what are your first thoughts? Let's let's say you've come to this with fresh eyes and we've not studied it last night. What would be yeah. your first thoughts on the word comfort? Oh, um, consolation yeah. to to have someone put their arm around me when I'm going through something difficult and and just be there with me. Um, yeah, and help me go through what I'm going through. Really, mm. is is that word comfort? And mm. yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, and and you you can't so so you can't be comforted. Script, spiritually speaking, you cannot be comforted um, without God being in the equation. Yeah, comfort is not something that we can provide for ourselves. Yeah, it's, those would be false comforts, wouldn't they? They would like, be yeah. idolatry comforts that actually don't comfort. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you need you need for true comfort. You need. God the Comforter. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was actually listening to someone talk not long ago, and it's a bit, bit cringe, a bit corny, but um, we talk about creature comforts, but mm. what we need is creator comforts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. That's good. Um, and then, hey, that's a good segue. Uh, so so we, we see the threefold revelation in these few verses, and we won't we won't tarry on this too long, but but who God is. Mm-hmm. And that's in verse number three, it mentions two titles for God. First, the Father of mercies. Yeah. And, um, and I love that term. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Father of mercies. And one commentator, I think it was MacArthur, who, who said that um, this phrase was borrowed from Jewish ceremonial language in synagogue worship, and it called for God to treat the sinful individual with kindness, love, and tenderness. Mm. So, Paul has this in mind through the Holy Spirit, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as, he, as he's giving this, mm. this idea of the sinful individual coming to God and being given kindness, love, and tenderness. Mm. Um, and then we have the second the second phrase, which is uh, the God of all comfort. What comes to mind when we read that phrase, the God of all comfort? I love that it says all comfort. You know, mm. he's, he, he is the source of comfort. He is Lord of comfort. And uh, he, he's like who God is uh, in our in our sin. He's merciful. And in our suffering, he's comforting. And mm. uh, <laughs> I love that he he wants to console his heart, his heart. Um, but within his heart is consolation for those who are weary and suffering. Mm, that's beautiful, mate. Yeah, and there's the Greek uh, Greek word parakaleo here, uh, which which is closely connected to parakletos or parakleton, which is used by the Lord Jesus in the Gospels a lot, where he's talking about the Holy Spirit is going to come and be that. Mm. Actually, coincidentally, one John chapter uh, two, I think it is, uses that same word parakleton to refer to Jesus. Mm. So uh, this this work of the Holy Spirit, this work of Christ, yeah. um, to, to bring near mm. or to invite is what the word means. Yeah. To bring near or to invite. So what are the implications of that? God is close to me. Mm. Um, he's brought me near. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. Like this transcendent God, um, creator of heavens and earth has invited me to come here uh, for, for comfort. Mm. And that's his great desire for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is to be near to him, mm-hmm. for him to come alongside him. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, so then we see what God does for us in the beginning of verse number four and then verse number five starts by saying who comforts us in our tribulation. Um, now, the word in, we talked about this last night, comes from the Greek word epi, and it's referring to superimposing, or in other words, stepping into a moment. Um, so God steps into every moment of our trials. Yeah. And all comforts our tribulation. Us. Yeah. yeah. He's the God of all comfort, and he's in all our tribulation. Yeah. So whatever you as a Christian are suffering or dealing with is never a sign of his abandonment. He is your good shepherd. He's going to be with you through that valley. He's comforting you in with you, stepping inside of it mm. in every single moment of suffering, tribulation. From the, from the big stuff to the little stuff, he's there with you in all of it. That's great, yeah. And then verse number five, do you mind reading that? For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation or our comfort also abounds through Christ. Wow. Yeah, so uh, I won't read the whole quote like I did last night, but commentator John Gill uh, talked about the trials that the apostles would have gone through and how in the midst of those trials, God was giving them his presence, giving them his promises. Mm. He was shedding abroad his love in them. He was giving them fellowship, communion with the Trinity. Mm. And then he said this, it showed that they were loved and not hated and rejected of God. What's cool about this, you know, in Romans, he says, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Mm. And here he's saying, where suffering abounds, comfort does much more abound mm. through Christ. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's exactly what he's like, saying. Oh, what, a, what a wonderful truth. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think if we, if we condense that, we say that God is a God who doesn't just draw near to us, um, nor is he merely just waiting at the end of the trial, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes we think if we can get through this trial, there's God waiting mm-hmm. for us. Um, but actually, according to to these verses, God enters our trials with us, yeah. and he he actively provides divine help and support. Yeah. Stan Orton talks about that that when we're suffering, Jesus is not just sympathizing, but he's co-suffering with mm. us. Like he's actually in that suffering with mm. us. You know, when 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 Paul's persecuting the church, he says, "You're persecuting me." Like I'm feeling this, as they're feeling this. So he's stepped into it with you that mm. that moment. Beautiful, yeah. wonderful. And then, but, but this wouldn't be complete. God never just tells us these things in and doesn't call us to something, mm-hmm. give us some type of response as a result of it. And at the, at the end of verse number four, it says that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Yeah. And so when we asked this question uh, last night, and maybe we could talk about it for a minute, how would you describe, how would you describe what God is communicating about comfort here? I, I receive comfort and then I give comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, can I read David Powelson's quote, which yeah, is not how I describe it? <laughs> Go on. Um, He's a decent substitute. Yeah. yeah. When you've passed through your own fiery trials and found God to be true to what he says, you have real help to offer. Mm-hmm. You have firsthand experience of his sustaining grace and his purposeful design. He has kept you through pain. He has reshaped you more into his image. Uh, yeah. So then you're able to give that to, to others. Man, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we build on the idea of God enters our trials with us. As you said, Dane Orton said, he, he co-suffers with us. Yeah. And we learn to trust him personally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we learn to experience his dispensing of comfort 
into our hearts and minds. Yeah. And as God does this and as we experience this, then God is doing two things, right? He's tenderly providing for our needs, yeah, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also equipping us to comfort others who will endure similar trials in the future. Yeah. How amazing, man. This, this like, back 2014, man, this uh, passage of scripture, I was in it almost every day for mm-hmm. a while. Just mm-hmm. like, you've promised to comfort me and you've mm-hmm. promised to equip me to comfort. Wow. It's just like, mm-hmm. verse five especially, man, it's good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's equipping us to be someone who comes near to those in trials and brings them with us into the presence of the Father of mercies. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not just saying, um, you can get through this. It's not just saying, I'll pray for you. Yeah. Um, it's nothing superficial like that. It's a very proactive putting your arm around someone the same way that yeah. the Father of mercies puts his arms around us mm-hmm. and saying, let's go to Jesus together. Let's walk in this. Can I, can I read Paul Tripp this time? Yeah, I would <laughs> in, love you. In, in his, chapter 13 of his book, uh, Suffering, he writes about the comfort of God's people. And uh, he says, God makes his invisible grace visible by sending people of grace to give grace to people who need grace. His people are meant to be the look on his face the touch of his hand, the sound of his voice, the evidence of his love, the picture of his presence, the visible demonstration of his faithfulness. God hasn't left us to ourselves, but has blessed us with an abundant community of help. Isn't that awesome, man? Wow. Like, and, and that's, yeah. that's us. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Body of Bishops. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. It's, so it's a very proactive work that God is doing, mm-hmm. a comprehensive work that God is doing in us. Mm-hmm. And he works in us profoundly, and thoroughly so that when we have the opportunity to come alongside someone yeah we can we can do that yep we've experienced it through and through yeah it's beautiful uh, and that that leads us to to chapter 13 which really deals with comfort and, and peace in comfort um so verses 11 and 12 do you mind reading that again Just- yeah and the new king james finally brethren farewell become complete be of good comfort be of one mind live in peace and the god of love and peace will be with you Greet one another with a holy kiss. Mm. And I love, I obviously love, um, we, we won't be able to touch on most of it after this, but but the idea of being of one mind. And I think that's directly connected to everything else we're going to say here. But um, yeah, there's just the idea of a community of peace. Mm. Um, the Greek word for peace is not the same word used in other passages. For example, in, in, in James 1, when it talks about having peace, um, it, it, it's the word, it, it means calm delight. Mm. Right, so it's not talking about just having calm delight. The Greek word uh, "irenea," uh, "irene" here is referring to an active peace mm. to live peaceably. So um, it's talking about a community of peace. It's 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 proactive and dependent on my interaction with others, mm. which is a totally different type of peace because the the other one, calm delight, is like Ooh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Calmness. But right, the, yeah. this one is proactive. proactive. It yeah. says uh, in another translation, be peaceable with others mm. or be peaceable. Yeah. But it's implying like with with each other. Be yeah. Peaceable. yeah. So you can't be peaceable if you're not interacting with other people. Yeah. Right. Then you're just at peace. Yeah. Blast of the peacemakers. <laughs> yeah. Implies relationship. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 But, th- but then there's this word complete. He says, become complete in the, in the New King James. I think the ESV says, reconciled. Right. Aim, aim for restoration. Is restoration. Is yeah. yeah. Right. It's that idea of reconciling with mm. one another. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
So, so, so in other words, when we talk about being complete, uh, being complete means putting back together something that wasn't. Yeah. Being reconciled means bringing together that which originally was whole. Yeah, and he's writing to the Corinthians here. Mm-hmm. So, like, we've seen a lot chapter, of disjointed. Yeah, first epistle that was pretty yeah. messy. Yeah. So, so, so that which was disjointed, put it back together. Yeah. Yeah, it's meant to be jointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Christ has jointed it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we have de- disjointed it. So mm-hmm. bring it back together what Christ has given. Yeah. So, so how, how do we do that? He says, "Be of good comfort." Um, be of good comfort. So, so what that tells me is that my my actually what all of this tells me, my my fellowship with Christ is the foundation and reason for my fellowship with my brethren. Yeah. So again, we talked earlier about how the gospel informs. How we interact with, with yeah. people, and in experiencing the reconciliation and comfort that we have in Christ, propels us to experience reconciliation and comfort with our brothers and sisters. Yeah, my my intimate relationship with Jesus motivates mm. an intimate relationship with mm. my brothers and sisters. Yeah. yeah, and and what what this is talking about? It's talking about an exchanging of these things. You know, it's talk it's talking about um, when, when we when we talk about communal peace, communal comfort. We're saying. You give me some, and I give you some. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a, a not not a borrowing, but a, a, a willingful giving back and forth of, yeah. of peace. Yeah. So the more we have peace, the more we're comforted, and the more that we comfort one another, the yeah. more we have peace. A, a funny illustration for this: I was watching Only Fools and Horses. Mm. Uh, Good choice, by the way. Uh, we're we're towards the end of the whole thing, and uh, like spoiler alert, they they get their millions, but it's like 1996, so it's your problem if you haven't watched it yet. So they get their <laughs> millions, and then so they both got like three million pounds, and um, so they're both absolutely loaded. And Rodney goes and buys Derek uh, Rolls Royce, mm. and he, I mean Derek could have afford, afforded the Rolls Royce, and it's not like a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours thing. It's in the abundance that we both receive mm. from Jesus, mm. we yeah. want to we want to give that abundance mm. out to one another. Yeah, just like Dell and Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, so it's 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 kind of saying what's what's mine is yours. Yeah. And and when it comes to the comfort and peace that we experience in Christ, what's mine is yours. Mm. Um. So so what it what it, what it does is it creates a community of belonging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so now it lays the foundation of Christ for a community hub, a home. Mm-hmm. Um. And and that leads to verse number twelve. Um, which says greet one another with a holy kiss. Yeah, and uh, you've done a good job of really um, ex- expounding on that in the Clearly past. Not that good because still <laughs> the one kisses me at church, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but um, it's it's the idea of um, yeah, a- a- affectionately greet one another. Mm-hmm. Show show a lot of affection when you greet each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it so. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to double down. Be at home with one another. Mm. Function like a loving family because that is exactly what God has saved you to be. Mm-hmm. The reason that God has reconciled you is that you would live relationally, yeah. reconciling with one another constantly. Yeah. And it's that, you know, welcome one another as Christ welcomed you. This He wasn't like, you know, when you walk into the presence of Jesus, he wasn't like, all right. <laughs> he's like he brings you in man you yeah, know? yeah so great one of the holy kiss is a way of showing that welcoming to one another mm-hmm. uh, of affectionate love um it's, it's beautiful we can never i don't think we can perfect that we have to keep striving for that so absolutely yeah yeah so so let's let's talk about just to, to close things out here what, what are some obstacles to comforting one another yeah so 
not not suffering well yourself, um, not receiving God's comfort. So not not trusting Him, not finding His word to be true, mm. so that you haven't suffered well you, through your trial. Mm. There, you know, you, you talk to people who've gone through very similar things, and one of them has suffered well through that. Yeah. The other person has not suffered well, and it's not anything to do with their disposition or their personality. It's one of them is trusting Jesus through mm. this. One of them is experiencing His presence, calling out to Him, running to Him being comforted by him and the other is not. So if I've not suffered well, um, how on earth am I going to be able to offer any yeah. type of consolation to my brother or sister? Yeah, yeah. It, will, it will be uh, any advice that I offer to my brother and sister if I've not suffered well will be hypocrisy, won't it? Yeah. be Phariseeism, really. Yep, yep. Um, another obstacle to comforting one another is not not being vulnerable. Yeah. So not being willing to open up to people when you're suffering. Yeah. Why, yeah. why do you think people do that? That's pride, man. Um, it's pride, and it's taught. It's taught that we should, um, you know, we should put on the happy face and stick the mask on. And you know, someone well said that we were wearing masks well before COVID. You know, like you know, because we had that. I'm fine. Everything's chipper with me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's definitely pride. And, and Paul Tripp speaks into it. Um, so check this out from Tripp. No, this is from Ed Welch. If we desire to be perceived as combat. If we so I'll start again. If we desire to be perceived as competent and in control, we will not ask for prayer. Hmm. If we know that humans by nature are spiritual needy, and God's plan is that we turn both to Him and to other people for help, we will ask for prayer. Hmm. So it's this idea of wanting to be appear to be competent and in control because of our pride, really. Yeah, yeah. I think it comes down to that, doesn't it? Um, but but some, sometimes it, it, it might. And, and it will be pride, but it might may also be insecurity as well. Yeah, you, you may not be comfortable enough with your brothers and sisters, but yeah. trust trust works proactively. So, so for for me, if if I come into the church, or I'm interacting with the church through the week, um, and I'm not willing to open up because I'm insecure about what they might think, it it actually means that I haven't developed that level of trust with yeah. my brothers and sisters, which means. That's, that's your fourth point, which is a little bit more your fourth point, which you yeah, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> which is a good point. And uh but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you are um, right, you're right. So the third point. <laughs> what, what would you say is the third point? Let me let me uh do a little bit more on the second point. This is Paul Tripp this time in his book, Suffering, chapter thirteen. You need to read it. Um I love that book. Suffering powerfully highlights what has always been true. We were not created for independent living. Mm-hmm. It exposes our weaknesses, our blindness, our lack of control. It preaches that our lives are a community project. It reminds us that God's grace doesn't work to propel our independence, but to deepen our vertical and horizontal dependence, Mm. right? So Mm. we're not independent, we're dependent. The strong, independent, self-made person is a delusion. Everyone needs help and assistance. Everyone has learned at the feet of someone else. Everyone is strengthened by others. To fight community, to quest for self-sufficiency, is not only a denial of your spiritual need, it's a denial of your humanity. Wow. Suffering is a messenger telling us that to be human is to be dependent. Mm. So, yeah, a failure to be vulnerable about our, our needs and our weaknesses is, wow. is a massive stopping us from being comforted. Mm, very good, mate. Yeah. Or being a comfort to others as well, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. So the, the, third, the third obstacle to comforting one another is not striving for unity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does that play into obstacles? So, you know, 
yeah, chapter 13, live in peace or be peaceable, uh, be of one mind or agree with one another, become complete, aim for restoration. So these three things. And then in the middle of those is the words, be of good comfort, which is comfort one another. Mm -hmm. If I'm not living in unity with you, how can I come near you? How yeah. can I draw you near? Um, how can I invite you in if I'm like divided from you in some way? I'll not want to, and you'll not want me to come or you'll not want to come to me. Mm. So yeah, we, we forfeit comfort by not living at peace with one another. Mm. What, how crazy is that, man? Think about it like someone who God has given me in my life to comfort me, I'm forfeiting the comfort that they can give me because of number one, my lack of vulnerability. Yeah. And number two, because I'm perhaps through disagreements that I've not reconciled. I'm forfeiting that comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 mad to think that God has given us such a gift, and we we don't just neglect it; we refuse it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but the, the fourth um, obstacle that we talked about last night was was distancing ourselves. Yeah, and I almost stole my thunder a, a minute ago with this, <laughs> but um, so so that I don't sound monotonous, uh, can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah. So not being accessible. See you Sunday Christianity. Um, means that, you know, you come in, you sit there, you leave. How am I ever going to know what's, mm -hmm. wrong, what's wrong with you and therefore bring you comfort? Or how are you ever going to know what's wrong with me and therefore be a tool that God uses to give me comfort? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we, we've, we've talked about this idea of depositing before, um, but when it comes to trust, that's it's really important in community because I'm not going to be willing to, to actually divulge my burdens to mm -hmm. my brethren if I don't feel like I can trust them with information, yeah. but I'm not going to be able to trust them yeah. if I never divulge. Yeah. If you don't divulge, you don't get to know, mm -hmm. start with the little things, divulge a little bit. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm struggling with. And then eventually it's like, I mean, you and I, we've been working together since last August and we've told each other quite a lot <laughs> and yeah. we're still not all the way. Like even, even before this uh, episode, I told you something which is like flip, you know, I don't tell everyone that. So, yeah. um, and it's just learning to trust one another more uh, and be vulnerable. But that's because we spent a lot of time together, right? Yeah, yeah, and we're, right. we're building that relationship. We're building that trust. And the idea is not just that pastors do that, but the church family begins to do that more and more Absolutely. with one another. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're if you're CU Sunday Christianity, mm. you're never going to – if you're having marital problems, how are you going to – who are you going to share it with? Mm. You know, if you're having problems with work, if you're having uh, – uh, health scares if you're dealing with some sin in your life mm. who are you going to run to because you you've got the see you sunday mentality and all these people that god's given you to be comforters mm. you're not gonna you're not gonna reach out to them because you don't know if you can trust them yeah you don't you don't know them enough to be vulnerable so yeah so, yeah. so, so why, why would i tell them <laughs> right this you know what i mean like yeah if, 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 yeah. I, if i don't trust them i don't know how they'll respond to it exactly man. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, we ended um, the talk last night, and maybe we can um, discuss this a little bit. Um, we're not going to go to Galatians 6, um, mm. just so we can save that for when we come to Galatians yeah. more. Yeah. Um, but but here's, here's something I said at the end, and I think there's something to be said here. Whenever I close myself off to giving comfort to my church family, or I close myself off from receiving comfort from my brothers and sisters, I hinder and possibly stop the work that the spirit is doing through me. Right. Last night you said that. And I said, can you say that again? Cause I needed to hear it twice. So mm. can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I close myself off to giving comfort to my church family, or I close myself off from receiving comfort from my brothers and sisters, I hinder and possibly stop the work that the spirit is doing through me. That's pretty wild. 
and you said last night the Holy Spirit is always working in you. Always working. So he's not it's not that he's gonna stop working, but it's like you're you're becoming an obstacle of him being able to work in your life yeah. through you to others and in you through others. Yeah. You're you're <laughs> you're being you're being an obstacle. Yeah. He's still sovereign, he's still more powerful than you. Yeah. But why would you want to hinder a, a powerful, beautiful work that God wants to do in you in comforting through other people? And through you comforting other people. Yeah, and that's going back to what you said about the Spirit working in each and every one of us. So if if we talked about one of the obstacles, or any of the obstacles really, um, not suffering well. Maybe you've not suffered well in the past. Or maybe you've not been willing to open up. Or maybe you've not been proactively trying to actually reach out and help others, distancing yourself, whatever the case may be. Mm. Um, the Holy Spirit is still at work in your life. Yep. Like even if you've not been proactively doing this work of comforting one another. Mm. This is not to make you think that you are any less valued or any less loved by Christ mm-hmm. or that the spirit is working any less in you. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit is doing a thorough work in each and every one of us. Jesus said it would be that way. Yeah. He'd guide us into all truth. He'd, yeah. he'd reveal Christ to us. Um, he'd comfort us in our afflictions. We know that um, in the New Testament, he's trying to produce love, joy, peace, and, and all the fruit of spirit. Yeah, he's at war within us. Yeah. yeah. Com- combating the works of the flesh. Yeah. There's this comprehensive work of the spirit taking place in us. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit never intended for his work to only take place in us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the difference between um, a, sh- a stream and a reservoir, right? So uh, a reservoir is it, it collects water. Yeah, and and the water stays in the reservoir, and it just it's just a place where you you collect it and it just sits. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to to comfort, God never expected us, or never intended for us, to be reservoirs of comfort. Yeah, He actually intended for us to be channels of comfort. Yeah. So when it comes yeah. in, it goes out. Yeah, like the Dead Sea is dead, not because life doesn't flow into mm-hmm. it. Tons of life flows into the Dead Sea. Yeah, it doesn't have an outflow. That's the problem. Yeah, and we're meant to receive this and then mm. extend out to the, to others around us what a beautiful place that is where many of god's people together are receiving mm. and then giving out of the abundance that they have the overflow of what christ has poured in is poured out to others and again like you know if you haven't been doing this if you haven't suffered well you're not being vulnerable you're not striving for unity and you're not being accessible we we know sitting right here that the holy spirit if you're a christian is warring within you to make these things so so mm-hmm. there's a part of you that wants this um and we also know that god is the father of all mercies who can forgive you for mm. for all of that mm. um and work this in you very good yeah comfort one another cultivate peace among one another be a loving family be at home with one another greet one another with a holy kiss there we go <laughs> all right win with that <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Baldy Bishops podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com. And we don't have social media. So you can get hold of us on the Blurton Baptist Facebook or Instagram. Let's go get an okay. Cool.